This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Um, this is the beginning of a new era of Top Flight Time Machine. Um, you'll notice that the um, intro music has been shortened. I hadn't told you I was going to do that, Sam. I've cut, I've cut no. it in half. I thought, let's just stop fucking about and get on with it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's long. It's like, you, you want to get straight into it, like TV shows now. Yeah. A lot of them just go bang. Or, yeah. Sam, you have a little bit of action, then they roll the credits, oh, don't yeah. they? And then they go back into the action. Yeah. Yeah, we could start doing that. Clip a little bit out from the episode. Oh, um, yeah, a hilarious the, bit later in the show. Little, do you know what, you, why we should never do that? And I know it, would, it, would be, it wouldn't be something that you'd consider anyway. That could be asked. Well, exactly, there's that. And, but also there's a good, great reason not to do it, is that when you do a podcast like this sort of a podcast, which is sort of like the genre, I believe, is called the um, 2CM, which means two cunts and a microphone, right? Yeah. Which is a, a, a noted genre. Yeah, when you've got two cats and a microphone just talking shit, right? Mm. It's got to be real. We've just got to have a. We've got to be two cunts, which we are. We've got to have mm. microphones, and we've got mm. to just talk shit. If you've then gone to the trouble of listening back and going, that was a particularly funny bit. Clip that out to tease the <laughs> listeners. Yeah. It means you've started to actually think of some of your content as worthy of attention and note. Yeah. Which I want to stress, we do not. I mean, I barely think it's worth editing at all. I only ed- edit out stuff it's that not, might be legally problematic at some point. It's not. To edit a podcast is very self-regarding. Mm. I don't fucking edit anything on any of the other stupid podcasts. I do. Bang! Stick it out. Stick Bang, it out. Get it Have out. Have a chat, put it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, uh, we've we've uh, cut the intro music down to allow us to just get on with it a bit quicker. And you, Sam, are coming to us uh, this evening we're recording this Sunday evening you're coming to us from your new pod shed which I believe is the, the pod shed is operative in your it's, garden it's like it's like when they announce the, when they go I'm afraid the Death Star is fully operational that's what it feels like the pod shed has mm. been a long time coming <laughs> I probably first started talking about it about a year ago it, there's been ups and downs along the way Remember the company, the last company went bust the night before they were supposed to install it. I thought I'd lost all the money. I eventually got the money back. It was a, that was a black day. I spoke to you that day and it was really, it was tough. You were were quite sympathetic actually. It was, I was anguished. But anyway, all's well that ends well. Vita Modular stepped into the breach. That's Vita Modular. And, uh, they built me this fantastic <laughs> pod shed, which is not just good for doing my writing in and other varied activities. <laughs> not wanking. Creative the wife activities. Has been very clear about that. She said no wanking in there. But um, well, yeah, there's, uh, there's lots of windows I can see. So yeah, yeah, wanking yeah, opportunities would be, would be limited. Uh, that's not it's not my deal. Some people love danger wanking where they mm. might be seen, but not me. I've never been a Never been a showman in a sexual sense at all. I was just thinking, actually, with regards to this pod shed, the acoustics, it's fully soundproofed, but the acoustics at the moment, in my ears, don't sound the best. But, so right. apologies if that's coming through, listener, but it will, it's because I've literally, this is the first thing I've done in here 
since it was yeah. finished on Friday night and we're recording this on Sunday and I've put a few bits and bobs in it but it's not yet furnished and I'm confident that once I have all the things on the shelves, books and yeah. whatnot, then it will uh, be less echoey than this. So yeah. bear with uh, us. I think we should both invest in, in what I would call a podding booth Mm. Which is one of goes those around you on the desk. It goes around you, one of those fold fold away, almost like um, oh, I forgot what they're called. I think the thing that a lady would stand behind while getting changed in a department a mo- store. A, mod- a modesty fold- screen. A modesty screen is that what they're called? Oh, we'll we'll get them. I feel as if they sound, are. Yeah, for sound mm. modesty, audio modesty screens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I can see through the window. But behind mm. you there, and I can see what looks like a bedroom window. Is that Raggedy Ann's house? No, that's my house. Oh, all right. That's my house. That's my <laughs> daughter's room. She'll be peering out probably a I'm bit like a, a junior <laughs> Raggedy Ann. It'd be great yeah. if it was Raggedy looking over me. What's he oh, doing now? That. Another one of yeah. his stupid fucking podcasts. <laughs> I would it's embarrassing love so for much. a grown man to be doing that. I would love that so much if her house, her bedroom was overlooking... The pod shed that'd be so good. Never mind. So yeah, it's the beginning of a new era for Top Flight Time Machine. Um, yeah, I feel as if I mean you've only recently moved into your new rig. I now have my pod rig, and I think those two things mean we've really we're about to shift into an imperial phase of podding. I believe. Yeah, either that or we're going to get even more jaded. Than, um, I, that fella said I'm we physically, that I'm more physically comfortable. Real. I'm more physically comfortable. I'm, um, I feel more nimble, right? You could say I feel more nifty. I've got more space to operate in. I think this is only going to fuel my podding abilities. Hmm. Well, I mean, we can just see. All we can do is see. Um, what we're going to do this? We're going to do some uh, mailbag stuff, aren't we? Yeah. First of all, thank you very much to uh, Cunter Sean who has responded to our desperate plea for high-vis vests with podcaster written on the back of them. And he says, give me an address. And I said, you're a couple of high-vis vests. <laughs> Great. I don't know if he's going to get them printed. We'll probably have to get them printed ourselves, but I'm sure that's what? easy enough. Oh, he hasn't mentioned printing them. Can you get in touch and let us know, please, whether or not you're getting them printed or not? It's we'll reply important. to him. We'll reply to him and find out. Mm. Um, yeah, but there's been a few really good emails. Uh, here's yeah. here's one from Jamie Hall, uh, and he says uh, it touches on one of our favourite subjects on the podcast, which is Giant Haystacks, the wrestler. <laughs> Jamie says, when I was six, my parents got called into school about the what I want to be when I grow up project we had to do. Jamie was six at this point. No six-year-olds know what they want to do, do they? Oh, well, they kind of do football. They'll say fine, something, so they won't man. it through. Yeah, yeah all that sort uh, of they, stuff. They really they like make it come true. Uh, all the other dickheads, he says, wanted to be kings, spacemen, and other ridiculous bollocks. Kings. I want to be a king. Um, he said, I wanted to be a wrestler that everyone hated and on a tag team with giant haystacks. Not sure what their problem was. Only embarrassing thing was, it sounds like I'd fallen for the bullshit about be- Big Daddy beating haystacks in a square go. Maybe that's why they got called into school. And that's Jimmy, who is um, 49 and a half, and he's attached a picture as well. And I'm, oh, he's done a, he's attached a photograph which is part of his essay, and a drawing of himself with an incredibly long stick-like body, with the heads perched perched on top, his arms coming out of his body at different angles, 
some purple shorts and some red wrestler boots on the end of two very, very skinny legs. And it says, when I grow up, I want to be a wrestler. I will be called uh, Trahosaurus, I think it says. Trahosaurus, I will be a baddie and everybody will hiss me and boo me and I will cheat. And when, ah. the bell, and, and when the bell goes, I will carry on until I get a public warning. <laughs> yeah. If if I go to a tag match, I would like to be with Haystacks, but I would like to fight him or Big Daddy. He is very strong. He can beat Haystacks, and you will have to be strong to get two falls or two submissions. You are lucky if that happens. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's just mad train of thought. I absolutely love it. It's fucking it's superb. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Really great. Great uh, strong school stuff. If you've got schoolboy or schoolgirl uh, stuff that you found in your attic or mm. uh, around your mum's. I'll tweet that picture out. Yeah, any, any good school stuff, yeah. I'll tweet that out, Jamie. I'm, I'm assuming you're giving us permission to tweet that to the world by sending it in. Jamie is 49 and 7 twelfths. Oh, we asked about same age as me then, because I I'm forty nine and I'm forty nine and uh, what is it? I'm forty nine and seven twelfths as well. He's trying to rip you off or yeah. something. We're the same age, Jamie. Nice one. Um, we were talking about skidding recently, and skidding, um, yeah, just talking about how skidding across a shiny floor is really good fun, but it can end badly. My friend, funny enough, the friend who made me this desk that I'm podding from now. He kindly delivered round the desk to me earlier. Um, mm. he, he had a terrible skidding injury when he was a kid. He jumped off the stairs into a skid on his stockinged feet. Mm. And his both feet went straight through like the patio doors. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Lo- the brilliantly named Loreline Van Kappel has got in that's touch. Our, that's our doctor. That's our official TFT. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, she's it given is. us some good advice in the past, hasn't she? Yeah. Um, Similar to Sam... Oh, I've got a medical thing to discuss with you after this. Similar to Sam's skidding story, I had a guy come into emergency. He'd skidded down his hallway and couldn't stop. Amazing. He went crash bang into the front door and the glass panel put a shard of glass between two ribs and punctured a lung. One of those classic, if it had been a little higher, it would have pierced the heart and he would have been dead before the ambulance was even on the way. Oh, nice and Loreline. Thanks, Loreline. Um, but I love the idea of this. But, I mean, it is bad and it is dangerous and we don't want any of you to die. But that guy, uh, she doesn't say how old he was, but he's a man. She says he's a guy. Skidding I just love the down. idea of an adult still having that lust for life that he decides, fuck it, I'm going to do a skid down the hallway. Adult and then skidder. He, he can't, he can't stop, unfortunately. Yeah, um, oh, I just had a good line today about getting old. I was telling... I've said before about how my mate Becky, who, who I go to the football with, she's a doctor, mm. and she once said really casually to us on the tube, the thing is, lads, when you get past 40, it's not natural in evolutionary terms for you to still be alive. You're just being held together by medicine and doctors. Yeah. But, it's, but without all of this shit, it's not natural for you to be loved. We're holding you together. We're propping you up until, yeah. you know, for an extra 50 years that you shouldn't really by rights have, right? Mm. And I've talked about it before, and it's a bit 
you can take that either way. You can either feel sad and think, oh no, I should be dead. Mm. That means I could die any moment. Or you just think every moment is a bonus once you pass Every 40. heartbeat is a bonus. Every second. But this other, the, um, my sister-in-law was telling me earlier that her mate told her that she went to the doctors and the doctor went, listen, what you've got to understand is once you get past, he said 45, it's Sniper's Alley, right? It's Sniper's <laughs> Alley. Any of us could go at any moment, wow. right? There's a million and one things that could go wrong in a split second with no warning and that's it. Bang, dead. Yeah. Sniper's hell. Alley, mate. That's what Do we're you- in. Do you think the doctors have got together and they've propagated this amongst themselves and they're putting it out there just to make us appreciate doctors a bit more? I think that doctors do say a lot of shit. To, I mean, it, with apologies to Loreline if you're listening, but if you're honest, you'll get in touch and admit this, Loreline, is that doctors see themselves as superhuman, right? And that's fine. Be you careful kind of before are. you go any further. Remember what happened with the, with with the, the, pharmacists. Uh, the no, pharmacists. I too see the doctors as superhuman. Mm-hmm. And they just, once in a while, they like to remind us, listen, cunts, you'd all be dead if it wasn't for us. So, little respect, please. Yeah, but I think it does feel like a bit of Dr. PR, that, to be quite honest. But, um, yeah, okay. Here, here's one from Claire Lindley. Um, and she says, I'll tell you the title of the email, and I'm, I know you'll be interested, Sam. The title of the email is quite simply, Dogs and Sausages. Yes. We've been talking <laughs> loads about dogs and sausages this weekend. She um, says, yeah. have you gone? No, just that story about the um, dog being rescued with the drone and the string of sausages. Yeah. I said says, I said to my wife, I started telling her again, there was this dog with a drone. She went, is this about a string of sausages? I went, yeah. She went, of course I know that story. <laughs> Can I just stop you there? <laughs> anyway. So Claire says, yesterday my grandma told me the story of her dog. I'll tell you the name of the dog at the end of the story. Uh, told me the, name, the story of her dog that used to get the bus to the butcher's shop. <laughs> <laughs> How did so? Yeah. I'm just going That's out. Like I'm I'm going to go in 72, Stuart. I'm going to get that out the butchers. I might walk back. I'll see how I feel. <laughs> Animals that get public transport is one of the Great. best topics ever. Yeah. Um, again, if you've got any of those, send them in. Um, the, the dog used to get the bus to the butcher's shop. They all knew him there and would feed him whenever he showed up. <laughs> he'd run upstairs and hide under the seat at the back. And then he'd go get his sausages and then have to be brought home again as he didn't know the way back. No. Uh, uh, the Silly dog's there. bastard. Yeah. Mike. <laughs> Where's Mike? Oh, he's got on. I saw him. He was getting on the bus, probably going on the butchers, knowing him. Mike's on the bus. Someone better go out and get him because he always gets lost on his way home. Uh, Mike. Mike the dog and his butcher bus trip. Thanks got another that, giant yeah. haystacks one here. From Paul Brammer. Another one? He says, oh, yeah, another one. Hello there. I was an altar boy at a Catholic church in North Manchester in the late 90s. None of the funny stuff was going on. Or if it was, I personally was not targeted. I was a good looking lad, so it threw me a bit. Blah, blah, blah. It's just not horrible jokes about pedos there. Right. Oh. In the late 90s, Giant Haystacks was a semi-regular giant presence at Sunday Mass. In the late 90s. I, I mean, we must have discussed when he died, but you would have thought he'd not have lasted that long. He didn't look like a healthy man, did he? I mean, it was at his peak. 
It's Pomp in even mid eighties. I would have said, yeah. Well, I, I, reckon, I reckon he would have probably had another fifteen. You know what he looked? What he looked like in the nineteen eighties? That's in nineteen eighty five. He was probably only like thirty nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, exactly. I just don't think he. Had, anyway, late nineties. He was a semi regular at Sunday Mass in this uh, church in North Manchester. He always sat towards the back, off to the far side. I guess you would have had to had to have done as a massive lad. He seemed like a nice chap. And no, I don't think he ever wore that sheepskin thing to church. It wasn't <laughs> that kind of place. Blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. I know he talks about his own um, podcasts. Are we going to plug those? He does a plug for his own podcast, this geezer, at the end. Yeah, go on, why not? He's he says, I co-host a funny podcast. Or oh, he's a self-proclaimed funny podcast. Oh, okay. He says, I'm a co-host of a funny podcast called Make a Move and the Bunny Gets It, which is influenced by TFTM and is the real deal. Whoa. Gives a free bit of promo, eh? Well, there you go. You've had it. You've had it. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. Just a quick one. Dennis Wilkinson obviously responding to a controversial uh, recent episode of Top Flight Tune Machine. Mm-hmm. If you don't subscribe to IFS, you won't get that. But that's our nostalgic look back on the pop charts of yesteryear. Some oh, people do, say do, it's our best it. stuff. You do get it nine months later. But Dennis, yeah. I guess, is responding to a recent one. Some some people regard this as our best material, the chart do shows. They? Yeah, well, someone said that to me this week. And I was okay. like, yes, you're right. Anyway... <laughs> Dennis Wilkinson's got in touch. The title of the email is Rolling Stones. The body copy says very simply, Beatles for cunts, TTFN. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, you'll get a lot. We'll get some hate for saying that, but I think it's true. So well done, Dennis. Yeah, I think everyone eventually will realise that. Um, Italian macho driving. Uh, it's just something you were talking about recently and this is yeah. from Will, Will Walters who says I went to Naples when I was a kid and my dad's mate named Piero had a typical meteor damaged hatchback and all of the seatbelts were cut off you didn't even have a choice yeah cut that off as <laughs> soon as you get the car cut them off hey slow it down <laughs> <laughs> but also Will Walters there's more to Will, Wal- Will Walters than childhood Italian driving stories he is an ITV reporter for ITV uh, Meridian 
and he, t- he tells us, also, lads, I did a report on the sausage drone. Oh! And there it is. He's given us the link, and it's a did video he send report it to from us? ITV News, Meridians, Will Walters, and he's doing a report there on the sausage drone, so it must have been on his patch. And um, oh, there's a great bit of footage there of the, of the dog owner giving his dog a little... Um, it could be a woman, actually. You know, it's a woman, Penny Oaks. That's the first time I've made that mistake. <laughs> um, she's given the dog oh, yeah. a lovely. <laughs> I just remembered that. <laughs> He's given. She's given the dog a lovely stroke. Uh, the dog's called Millie, and uh, yeah, she's talking about the um, the rescue with the sausage drawn. So thanks for that, Will. A TFTM ITV overlap there. First of yeah. many, I hope. Come and do a report on us. These men are podcasters. It's a boom industry in Boris's Britain. Uh, Stuart Ives has been in touch. Hi, lads. I have a new job and I met a new colleague named Chris who lives near me. When explaining he gets a great price for a massive house, he explained the caveats. Hmm. One, there's a mystery room that has blacked out windows and three locks. Contractually, they aren't allowed into this room. What, you buy a house and you have to sign a contract saying you can can buy this house, you can own it, but you can never go inside that room. That's like Beauty and the Beast. What? That's nuts. Uh, Two, the owner has fled to the Middle East. All correspondence goes through his dis and that brother. For example, if they need a new hot water system, they ring him. In an hour, a plain van will turn up and a muscular Russian man will install it. When they ask if he's qualified... He just shrugged and said, in my country, I surgeon, and left. <laughs> <laughs> qualified, qualified, listen, cop. I could take your fucking spleen out back in my country, so never mind your fucking hot water system. I'll fucking install an artificial heart in you, you cop. Uh, fucking brilliant. Uh, what else have we got? Um, oh, there's an anonymous one from someone uh, who... Uh, well, I'll read it out. English Heritage is the title of the email. Oh. And Mr. Yeah. Anonymous, I've already given away his sex there, so that, that's narrowed it down by 50%, says, wanted to write to say that Sam had recently made the right decision on his Heritage yes. memberships. I work for English Heritage. My job involves organising conservation work and trying to keep the things from falling over with not enough money and not enough time. My department can trace its way back to 1378 and the Office of Works established then to look after the King's castles. Mm. The money from membership pays for conservation is really important. Like National Trust, English Heritage is a charity, but the buildings aren't full of boring chandeliers and paintings. Most don't even have roofs. English Heritage doesn't get loads of money left to it in wills by mad poshos either. Uh, English Heritage sort of a, an, a range that underpins this email. I it's think. a rivalry, isn't it? Yeah, it like, really is getting quite landing quite a few yeah. blows on National Trust. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it's like English Heritage is the original and the best, is what you're saying, isn't they're it? Like, it's old school. They're like we're real. The others yeah. are just fucking phonies. Arivistas. English Heritage has good old-fashioned meaty castles and ruined abbeys with dungeons and towers and all the cool stuff. English Heritage is for people with a bit of imagination. It's fucking building up something here. And and though the ruins are damp and drafty, they have a lot of soul. Hope that's not too (laughs) lampardy. 
It's. I, I mean, I, I really appreciate the passion that this guy has for his work. Yeah. And obviously, I'm delighted to hear this side of the English heritage story. Um, and so I'm happy. But I'm also a member of National Trust, and I've enjoyed days out at their uh, various sites of interest yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, I just think he's, you know, can't we all live happily together, is what I would say. You know, they've both got their advantages. Hmm. But suffice to say, I, I appreciate the email and I'm very excited about visiting more like ruined abbeys and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to sign up, I think. I'll sign up English Heritage first. I used to have a National Trust years and years ago, but hardly, hardly ever used it. Um, have we got anything else? Um, I think you'll like it. Scouse Pingo Bus. Sado Club says, I used to get the train up to Liverpool to go to the match every fortnight as a young teenager on my own from the Midlands. When I got to Lime Street, I headed for the buses to get to Goodison. I noticed that nobody ever seemed to ask the driver for a ticket to a particular place, but instead just seemed to name their own price. So they'd get on and go, 72, mate. AC warm. 55, lads. To my surprise, it even worked for me as an out-of-towner. I literally just got on a bus and confidently said a number that corresponded to the exact change I had spare. He asks, is this one of those Liverpool things? In Liverpool, we have this thing called the bingo bus. Um, And that's from somebody who calls himself Eggs. Well, our Scouse listeners will be able to get in touch and tell us about that. I've never heard of this before. I I, I don't use buses as much as I used to, so every time I get a bus now, I just tell them where I want to go and they tells me how much it is because obviously the prices right. have changed since the last time but when I was younger you would say whatever the price was that you wanted yeah so like say yeah. from Shiny Road where I lived in the town was like one pound ten I'd get on yeah because say, in those days there was probably inspectors would come on they'd go let me see yeah. your ticket cunt yeah and you'd go oh there you go and they'd go Shiny Road Shiny yeah. fucking Road that, that was three stops ago yeah. See what I mean? Because yeah, when you were kids, you'd just were get on and say the nearest stop, so it's yeah, the cheapest price. These fellas would probably get, go to different places. That's why they were seeing different numbers. So different fares according to where you're going to. That's what Maybe, I mean. Maybe, but it's quite a specific amount of money, 72.81. Well, how long ago was this, as he said? He's saying that, uh, yeah, he just says, I used to do this. Bit unspecific. Yeah. I mean, you, you could do that. Yeah, you, you could quite easily get on and just say a number and get away with it, and you'd get a ticket for that that price. But then it's down to you to take the chance of whether if you want to. If the inspector gets on, if the inspector you are gets on. We like, and like when there was inspectors on buses when I was a kid, because we always lied until they introduced the flat fare for all kids. Because mm. you'd always lie about where you were going in order to get the cheapest possible fare you would sometimes be really fucking super paranoid. At every stop, you'd be peering out the window to see if an inspector oh, was God, getting yeah. on. Yeah. But now, of course, it's just a flat rate, and you get on, and you just have it in London. There's just a, a, a beepy card. Beep, beep. Yeah. Beep, beep. Hello, hello, driver. Hello, driver. Yeah. Beep, beep. We don't have they that just, in the rest of the yeah. land yet. But um, I remember when I used to get the last bus home from Sunderland at 10 past 11, um, which was obviously full of the... the the fuckers that had come out of the pubs the loads of yeah. fellas used to get on and they'd just give the driver 20 pence and they wouldn't get yeah. a ticket mm. so the driver trousered the 20 pence the, the fare was usually like a pound 10 or something like that the driver would yeah. just trouser the 20 everyone knew the inspector wasn't going to get on so it was just free for all what about I've probably told you this at the time but probably my best ever bus experience 
was um, it was nice because it's a later life experience of buses. Like when I was a kid and a teenager, <laughs> I spent half my fucking life on buses, stuck in traffic in fucking buses. Well, your school um, commute used to be ridiculous, didn't it? You said fucking when you were really younger. far. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I went to school like really far from where I used to live. And I, it would take fucking forever, and there's and there was always sorts of trouble or aggro or bumping into people from other schools, and there was a fucking minefield. Anyway, more recently, I would say only about five, five, six years ago, I was at um, I get off the tube at Hammersmith, and I have to get over the bridge across the river to to my house in Barnes, and so usually I walk it, but I saw this bus, and the bus had no number. It was a normal London red bus. It had no number. So I looked at it and there was nothing on the front either. But I like the look of the driver, like, be on I'll be honest, a lot of the drivers around here are cunts, right? But this one, I don't know, there was something about him, I like looking at him, and so I uh I sidled up to him. He was just sitting there on his own reading the paper. I went, All right, mate, you went, all right. I said, Where are you going on this bus? And then I was a private bus, mate. And I said, Where to? And he went and he named the posh school near my house. There's two very posh schools near my house, right? Neither of which, obviously, my children attend. Yeah. Because why would I pay a fucking penny to educate them, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I've gone, oh, yeah, I live near that. And he goes, yeah, but it's probably, it's, it, he goes, I go there and I pick up the kids. Yeah. And I take them back to the station or whatever. It's, it's a scholar's bus, isn't it, basically? It's a, it's a, scholar's it's a special bus. bus. For special little children, the little princes who, if they go on normal buses, they might be bullied by rougher children, right? So I go, listen, I live right by that school. Do us a favour, give us a lift. He went, all right, I'm leaving now. I got on, I sat up front with him and we chatted just about football and being a bus driver. And he said, where's your house? And I said, it's just up here on the left. The cunt pulled over at the bottom of my road and dropped me off. Oh, my kids sweet. and my wife couldn't fucking believe it. I said, I just basically hijacked a fucking bus and got it to drive me here from the station. It did was one of the sing- best feelings of my life. It was definitely my s- best ever bus experience. Did you sing the wheels on the bus go round and round as he was driving around? Yeah, around? I clapped all the uh, way along. Yeah, and he was, in the end, he was desperate for me to get off, yeah, yeah. to be fair. But that, yeah, oh, I'm going on a... I'm going on an adventure this week, which will probably, hopefully, provide some content for us later in the week. All right. Because my uh, brother, the terrace legend Castellani, I can't remember if I've told you this, but he has a job in Amsterdam, which he, <laughs> he moved to the country to sort of, I think, start like winding down to a slow yeah. pace of life. But soon afterwards, his company said to him, listen, uh, we need you to go out to Amsterdam because our Amsterdam office there's something's gone wrong and we need you to go in and troubleshoot and take over, right? Manage it. So he went, all right, fuck it. So he went over and they haven't let him go back ever since. So now he commutes to Amsterdam every Monday morning and he comes back on Friday morning. Fucking right? Nice. Yeah. And he's been doing it for ages and he's got a little place out there that the company pay for, right? Brilliant. And uh, so I thought, so I was browsing um, Eurostar and I saw it was quite cheap. It's less than 100 quid return ticket to Amsterdam yeah. in the week. Yeah. Fucking, I'm going to see the cunt, mate. Oh, brilliant. Tuesday. Tuesday, I'm training it to uh, Amsterdam. His office is right near the station. We're going to go out for dinner, have a good laugh. And then the next day, I'll get the tra- I'm staying over. And then the next day, I'll train it back, mate. You know what? If I didn't have this freaking dog, I'd come. 
Yeah. It'd be fucking great dinner with Castellani. And um, he's um, he's given up drink now, which means that he's still just as entertaining, but less of a cunt. So it's okay. better company than ever. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, that's that's Friday sort of out then, episode-wise. Yeah, if you feel like um, putting Oscar in dog prison, then I'll see you, see you there. Yeah, well, he's gonna meet he's gonna meet some new dogs soon and go to a new dog prison, so um, that could happen. Uh, predictions wise, you got two. I got one. Results bot got two. We'll not talk about our team's football performances at the weekend because it was pathetic. Um, and that is it for this episode. We hope the sound quality's been all right. We hope you've enjoyed the shortened introduction music. I don't know if music's the right word for it, but uh, we'll be back with more throughout the week. Goodbye. Goodbye, lesbians. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.